Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, I laid out my plan for you guys yesterday, but it's changing. Um, We are not going to be talking through the future of Buffs football, but we will be doing that in the next couple days. Instead, I'm going to uh, talk about Rick George's press phone call today. Uh, which was about a half hour, um, and then I'm going to play it for you because I know a couple of you guys said that you liked uh, hearing um, the whole thing because there's nothing for you guys to listen to right now. There's like nothing fun happening. Um, so we're going to play that in a few minutes. First, I want to tell you about some of my thoughts uh, from that, and then uh, if you guys want to stick around and listen to that, then you guys can do it. Um All right. Also, before we get there, I do want to say that Saturday we are watching the Miracle at Michigan at 1.30. The DNVR Twitter account will drop a link to watch the game on YouTube, likely, um, and that'll come an hour before kickoff. Um, So if the game starts at 1.30, the link should be up right around 12.30. Um, we're all going to press play at exactly 1.30, watch it together, uh, tweet using the hashtag DNVRWatches because that'll give us like a nice feed that anybody can use to watch or like follow along with each other's tweets. Um, so yeah, um, it's going to be a lot of fun just like last Saturday was. Um, and then we'll, uh, talk about that game after. Um, also before going to be pre-gaming pretty hard, Breck beers, all that kind of stuff. I wish that I could get a bunch of Blake street tavern again. We can't because they have shut their doors until, um, until after the stay at home order ends likely. Uh, so I'll find some other sort of food, but it should be a good time. Hopefully you guys are looking forward to it. I know I am cause I've seen the highlight, but I've never actually seen the whole game and I'm really excited to see the whole thing again. That's Saturday, one be there. Um, Okay, um, let's just dig in to what Rick George had to say today. Um, first of all, really appreciate him taking the time to talk with all of us. Um, there were probably, I think, I wasn't paying a whole bunch of attention, but I know that at one point it said 29 people were on the Zoom call. Um, so it was a pretty wide group and audience and uh you know, there are people from obviously local media, all the typical guys were around, um, but also 
uh, you know, I think Wall Street Journal is out there, Bloomberg. Um, so it was interesting to hear what their questions for Rick were all about. Um, I think the most interesting thing to me, though, um, was actually a question I asked. Um, so last time we talked to Rick George was about a week after they, maybe even less than that, after the Pac-12 tournament uh, was suspended and canceled, um, and the NCAA tournament shortly followed suit. Um, but during that call, um, Rick George said he hadn't had a chance to talk to Tad Boyle about whether Tad would get his bonus for appearing in the NCAA tournament because the Buffs would have likely been in the tournament, but they didn't play a game. Um, and like I said when we first talked about this, that's a really complicated issue, and it seems like it'd be pretty easy to just say, well, Tad earned the bonus, you have to give it to him, that'd be the right thing to do. But then you remember that the Buffs are out, oh, and I did all the math in this, I think back in the time, but but I think it's about a million dollars and some of it goes to the conference, some of it goes to the school, and I'm not sure exactly what that Pac-12 breakdown's right like, um, but might even be more than that. I think it's like 1.5-ish, 1.6, something like that. Um, but the school loses a bunch of money because it didn't make it to actually playing in the NCAA tournament, and that's where that money for Tad's bonus would have come from um that's i mean that's when when you plan for those bonuses when you throw that in the contract you say oh well we don't have to worry about paying for that because if we have to pay for that that means we got this kick from being in the tournament in the first place um so there are some complications there um on the financial side rick said that they really don't bring in too much revenue um in the spring sports which is something we knew but uh that makes it a little bit easier to handle this uh, outbreak and all those suspensions, all that kind of stuff. Um, he didn't sound too concerned financially, but uh, obviously if this goes into football season, for example, then there's going to be some real problems. Um, but he did say that they have to be responsible going forward and all that kind of stuff. But when I asked him about Tad in particular, he said that they've had those conversations um, he's talked to Tad about it, but they're still discussing whether he's going to get the bonus and they're talking about some other things too, kind of the state of the program, what went well, what needs to change and kind of what the direction is. Um, it was a little bit more complex of a response than I expected. I thought it'd either be, um, I mean, I thought it was going to be, yes, we've talked about it and he's getting it or yes, we've talked about it and he isn't getting it or no, we haven't talked about it. I thought those were kind of the three options, but he, there, there were some more details going on there. I thought that was interesting. Um, he did also say that to his knowledge, um, there hasn't been a student athlete who has contracted uh, COVID-19, um, which is obviously good news. Um, so that's kind of where we're standing after that phone call. And again, just really appreciate him taking the time to do that um, because I think everybody goes about like this, this impacts everybody differently and how it impacts a college athletics director is really interesting. Um, and uh, he had some pretty insightful things to say. Um, so hopefully that's a pretty good lead in. Um, if you guys have any thoughts about this, any questions, obviously put them in the responses to today's post and we can dig in deeper. Um, 
And obviously, watch out for content at thedmvr.com because I'll be writing stuff about this. Um, I don't know. I, for for as frustrating as all this is, I am pretty proud of how DNVR has handled all of the changes and what's impacting us. And there's a bunch more cool things coming. And one of them really involves you guys. That's that uh, Michigan Miracle at Michigan game that we're watching Saturday. I hope you guys are pumped about that too. Um, okay. So, um, I want to tell you real quick about our good friends at Breckenridge Brewery. That's an incredible Colorado business that we all support, and hopefully you guys are supporting, especially now when they could use a little bit of help. Um, Just like all local businesses um, could use some help. So, we recommend using our code DNVR to get discounts off of the food there with free delivery, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you're within the delivery radius, go to their website. They have specials every day. Uh, it's great food um, for good value. And they sometimes include drink specials. And they can deliver alcohol too. So you can always just order that. I think the rule is you have to order alcohol with food. Maybe it's different because they're a brewery. But, but yeah, um, definitely be checking them out, supporting them. Um, as well as all of our other partners, um, like Bojo's Pizza. And if you support Bojo's Pizza, um, then you can get 30% off of your takeout order. All you have to do is ask for it. Say you listen to the DNVR Buffs podcast, and there's a 30% discount on takeout, and they'll give that to you, and it's a great deal. Um, Also, let us know if you're using them, what you think of the food, it's obviously really good. That's why we support them. Um, they have gluten-free pizzas, cheeseless pizzas, plant-based options. Um, plus, they infuse their dough with natural Colorado honey. So what could be better than that? One more note before we get into this phone call. Um, so it was like a Zoom call, and I got on the Zoom. Turns out I still had, like, I, th- I think the problem ended up being that I had my podcast board connecting to my computer, and so no sound was coming out of it. And I thought it was because everybody was just on mute because the call hadn't started. And then we actually hit time for the call. And I was like, huh, this is weird. So I called in with my phone and apparently I missed like the first two sentences of Rick George's opening statements. And uh, it's because I screwed up all my technology. Um, so the beginning audio is a little bit choppy as I like get things set up. Um, and the rest of it is standard phone call audio, which is also kind of choppy. Um, so here is Rick George's about 30 minute phone call with all of us, um, minus like the first two sentences. Supporting our student athletes that are on campus is that, um, you know, our uh, training on uh, our filling station uh, are not open. Um, however, we are providing uh, support uh, nutritionally for our student athletes um, uh, each week uh, that it's not open through a uh, stipend. So um, that's really the only change since uh, we had uh, talked a, a week and a half ago. So I guess I'll open it up for questions. So just identify yourself and let's go. Rick, this is Pat Rooney from the Boulder Camera. I hope you're well. Um, earlier this week, uh, we saw the, the legislation get passed about um, 
spring athletes getting an extra year of eligibility. It, it seemed like there's a caveat in there that, that this year's seniors uh, wouldn't necessarily, uh, you know, be be getting what they they got this year. I guess uh, you know, I'd be talking. How's that going to work in your school? Will there be a blanket sort of policy, or will it be up to the individual coaches? So, um, you know, Pat, the, the, the language or the, the proposal that was passed by the council on Monday, um, you know, was permissible um, language is, is the key thing, which means even for underclassmen um, that uh, the, each institution or some may do it by conference, um, uh, it's permissible to provide that extra year uh, of eligibility, um, and, and so there will be a lot of discussions, I'm sure, among uh, coaches and uh, student athletes. Um, as you look uh, forward, just a, as a point of clarification, is that in this first year, uh, in, in 2021, um, if uh, seniors decide to come back and coaches um, um, and they're all in agreement on, on what's, what's going to happen moving forward, that aid will not, uh, and uh, squad limits will not be counted um, in their financial aid limitations. And so, um, you know, we can provide scholarships uh, or uh, financial aid to student-athletes um, above the financial aid limits um, and that's for one year, uh, starting in 21-22, uh, then the, the coaches will have to manage their financial aid limitations and squad size limitations, et cetera. Um, so we're really talking one year that it's really about, you know, the seniors and those that come back. So, um, you know, that that's the legislation uh, that was passed. and. Um, again, we're, you know, it, it just um, came down Monday evening, so um, I'm sure our coaches and student athletes are uh, having conversations and, um, you know, some uh, student athletes are going to graduate. I think it was important to uh, get that piece done first, you know, with the uh, senior student athletes, uh, because some of them are... Um, maybe going to go work. Some of them, you know, may want to come back. So I think, um, you know, we'll sort that out over the next uh, few days and weeks. Hey, Rick, this is Justin Guerrero with uh, Rivals.com. Uh, a couple of days ago, was, uh, of course, you're aware the, the Pac-12 conference put out an announcement that um, further suspended organized team activities through the 31st of May. And within that announcement, there's language that limits um, quote unquote virtual group activities to only two hours a week and uh, once more within that announcement um, the, the PAC-12 said that it, it is planning to appeal to the NCAA to, to increase that number from, from two hours a week um, just curious uh, if you know if, uh, if there's any traction on that front of, of appealing to the NCAA just for, for more hours that you guys can, can spend with your guys um, especially just uh, with respect to the, the virtual uh, meetings Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, and I think the, the May 31st date, I think one thing that, um, you know, maybe wasn't part of that release is there's a look-in date of May 1, so we can kind of evaluate that time frame. 
Um, and, um, and, and yes, that did come out. Um, we are um, looking to increase uh, the two-hour uh, time limit to four hours, and we'd like to be able to do that. Um, you know, because um, now these, uh, um, you know, football is considered in the off season. They have eight hours and two are for instructional. So, um, you know, allowing us to uh, go to four hours in a time when we need to better engage our student athletes, it's, it's challenging for everybody uh, to be able to, to communicate uh, appropriately and effectively with your student athletes and, and to have more time with them as long as it doesn't impact, uh, it doesn't go over uh, their class uh, commitments and their tutor and uh, appointments, um, you know, all those kind of things. Um, you know, we think it makes a lot of sense for us to be able to engage them more, particularly at a time when um, you know, we're not able to meet with them face to face or have any um, activities um, in person. Hey, Rick, this is Kyle Fredrickson with the Denver Post. At this point, are you guys prepared to play your spring football practices through June, um, or is it more likely that those would be canceled? Um, and also, in general, just what have been the ongoing discussions about football scheduling um, and what it's looking like at this point? Yeah, so I'll take the first one uh, first, Kyle, and and uh, you know we're looking at, at modifications. Um, you know, I think um, in a best case scenario, um, you know, you're looking at June, July, August, leading up to the football team. I think what you'll see is maybe some um, modifications of, of uh, rules and uh, regulations during that time frame that uh, would give um, coaches maybe more time to spend on instructional things where it hasn't been uh, allowed in the past. So uh, I think you'll see some of that come out over the next um, few weeks uh, or months. Um, you know, um, so, I, I, you know, I, we still, I'd love to um, say that we're going to have a, a spring game. I, I, I don't know that that will happen. Uh, but I do think there will be some modifications to the current legislation uh, if, in fact, we don't um, have any uh, contact with student-athletes face-to-face until June. You'll probably see some modification of what those rules look like. As it relates to the schedule, I think it's a little premature uh, um, you know, to talk about what that will be. Certainly there's discussions and people uh, are talking about you know, does this season start? And, you know, you read a lot of different things um, online and hear a lot of different things about starting at different time frames. And um, I think it's too early to for us to, uh, you know, discuss that, even though, um, you know, it's, it's something that uh, as we move forward, you know, things have changed uh, quickly in a lot of different areas. And, um, you know, the uh, and so I don't know that you know there's a, a ton of discussion right now on that, um, but um, certainly as the days go on, I think there will be a lot more discussion about what that looks like, and and certainly um, you know you've got a plan um, for everything, right? And uh, that's what we're trying to do 
Um, and that's why we're, you know, working closely with our peers in the conference and at other conferences around the country. Hi, Rich. This is Blaine Higgins from the Wall Street Journal. I had a question for you about the NCAA decision for not really decision, but recent announcement about the potential financial distributions that would be this coming out in this year in Colorado. So given that, you know, Colorado has lost all of the income and ticket sales, et cetera, from the spring sports that were canceled and winter championships, adding on to the diminished um, revenue distribution from the NCAA, kind of how might that affect the day-to-day decisions and how the athletic department operates in, you know, the next fiscal year? Well, you know, again, uh, um, it's a a good question and and one that um, we're looking at and we're talking about. you know, fortunately, we don't have a lot of spring revenue that comes in um, for our, our spring sports team, so we don't really have an impact there. And um, in, in the fact that we completed our football and our basketball seasons were really important because there's a lot of revenue that comes through donations and uh, ticket sales and our TV contracts. Um, uh, most of those were already done and exercised. Um, the impact in this fiscal year, uh, you know, there will be a financial uh, impact in this fiscal year, for sure, but it won't be, um, you know, as um, big as you might expect at this point. Um, and, and again, you know, next year uh, and how we budget for next year will be real important. And, uh, Certainly, we'll have to look at uh, all of the things that we're doing uh, as we move forward to put together our our budget uh, with different scenarios for uh, the next fiscal year, which begins July 1. Just to follow up quickly, I was curious if there's any sort of contingency planning that your department is doing to, you know, kind of game out what the budget might look like if there is any sort of modification to the football season. Yeah, I, I think it's prudent for us to do that, and we are in process of doing that. And, uh, you know, we'll continue to look at that uh, over the next few weeks. You know, budgeting process uh, begins later this month, and certainly we will have uh, different scenarios for different um, things that could occur uh, in the upcoming uh, fiscal year. Hey, Rick, this is Justin Guerrero with uh, Rivals once again. I know uh, the last time we had, we had talked um, collectively on, on these, uh, this media call, I believe you had mentioned that, to your knowledge, um, a University of Colorado student-athlete had yet to uh, come down with COVID-19 or, or just in general get coronavirus. Just wondering if that, uh, that's still the case. And to your knowledge, uh, um, if anyone, any student-athlete from CU has uh, come down with the coronavirus. Um, to, to my knowledge, I, I haven't uh, heard of an occurrence. But, you know, most of our student-athletes have been away for now about three weeks. Um, and, um, you know, we've been learning remotely and no uh, contact face-to-face, but we are having a lot of virtual calls and phone conversations with them. But, again, to my knowledge, I'm not aware. Uh, Kendra Andrews of The Athletic here. Rick, you just mentioned students being away for about three weeks now. 
When it comes to the international student athletes, have they been able to make their way back home or has there been other arrangements for them to stay in Boulder or just somewhere in Colorado? Yeah, I think it's a, um, a combination of both. I mean, we have a number of international students that stayed. Uh, we had some that uh, were able to get home uh, prior to any travel bans of any kind. So I, I think that's worked well from that perspective. And, uh, you know, we're supporting our international students just like we are um, our domestic students. Um, the one thing that's a little bit challenging is, you know, the time zones. Uh, with class times here in the United States and, you know, if they're overseas in a, in, in a significantly different time zone, how that works. Uh, but I think we've worked through it fairly well. Um, so does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Thank you. Great. Hey, Rick, got Neil Welch here. Uh, just how big of a challenge is it for Chris Livingston and the academic staff to uh, uh, keep all the student athletes kind of going in the same direction as far as the online classes and, and uh, keeping up that type of thing with them uh, in terms of eligibility and those issues? Yeah, you know, I've said this a number of times, uh, and, and I do want to say this. Our, Herbst academic team led by Chris Livingston, they're incredible. Uh, they really uh, do an amazing job of engaging our student athletes and setting up tutor sessions and um, study tables online, etc. Um, they've done a great job, but it is really challenging uh, and it's, it's difficult at times. Again, as I said, with time zones being what they are, um, my biggest concern, uh, as I've said before, is you know, not uh, being able to be face-to-face, -face, um, you know, with the student-athletes as, as much as we would like to be. And uh, I do have some concerns about the academics uh, and, um, you know, participating in all the uh, tutors online. And, and, you know, frankly, some people don't have the, the means and, um, and, and have the support uh, in their local areas that they do here. Um, and, um, you know, just the challenge of, um, you know, um, some people just don't learn remotely. Um, and, and so we're working through all those things and, and, uh, we discuss and talk about that probably you know, two or three times a week uh, on, on where we're at and what our student athletes are doing. And so, uh, again, it's an area that we'll uh, continue to, um, look at and, and Chris does an amazing job and her team and you know we'll keep them engaged and um, you know we're just going to do the best we can uh, virtually at this point. Thank you. Rick this is John Wilner at the Mercury News. Uh, first thanks for doing hey, this. Um, quick question about spring football. Some, some teams got through a week or two some teams haven't started. Has there been any discussion about essentially leveling the playing field and making sure everyone gets the same number uh, of days on the field, whether that is in June or whether it's in advance of training camp? 
you know, John, we haven't got that granular yet. I mean, I'm certainly looking at all those uh, things, and you know, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm I don't want to sound selfish, but you know, we've got a, a football coach that was only hired three or four weeks ago and built his staff a couple weeks ago, and haven't really had uh, you know the opportunity to you know build the culture that you want and all the things around it, and so. And I don't know if it's practice that is so important as much as it is um, creating that culture uh, that you have with your football team. And it's very difficult uh, to do when you do it virtually. But, you know, we're certainly going to look at all of that. Um, and But, again, I think because of the time frame and, and um, you know, when this could potentially start again and back up, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions and a lot of framework and a lot of, um, I think modifications that will need to take place uh, to create that balanced uh, playing field, and um, you know we'll be talking through that over the next several days. Rick Evan Novi Williams with uh, Bloomberg here, and I had to join late, so I apologize that you covered this already. But can you share any insight into how you're thinking about revenue coming in in the next year? I mean, obviously we know what the NCAA distribution looks like, but how do you think about donations, potential ticket sales, if, if football gets disrupted, how are you thinking about budgeting and moving forward? Yeah, and, and I did discuss that earlier, and, and again, it's a, it's a very good question, and, and I think you, you've got to look at a lot of different factors, right? And, you know, um, and, and we're going to do that. Um, you know, so discretionary spending with the market, you know, what does that do, you know, for some of the fans that have to make those very difficult choices on how they spend that money? Um, you know, we'll have to look at that carefully and we'll have to make some projections on what that looks like. Again, as the market uh, continues to um, uh, go backwards, I guess, from, from where I'd like to see it go, um, you know, how is that going to impact, you know, our donations and that? And, and it's hard to determine what that is, but I think we have to have scenarios in place and, and how we budget for this upcoming fiscal year is going to be extremely important uh, for us, knowing that uh, in all likelihood our revenues will be down. It's a totally different scenario if, um, you know, football starts later or, you know, we don't play in front of fans. I mean, all of those things that, um, again, we'll have to be smart about um, how we budget uh, and what um, processes we put in place as we move into, um, you know, our next fiscal year, which begins July 1. Are there things that you're doing right now? Kind of getting ready for, for as you said, the, the you know, scenario that, that, that revenue likely is going to be down? You know, we're having, uh, having discussions uh, with my executive team uh, frequently uh, to put some scenarios and, and things down. Our budgeting process, as I said earlier, um, is the end of this month in early May. So, um, you know, we've got some time to put our thoughts together and, and where we think this will be. And then, you know, you've got to add on two layers to that, too. So now you've got... Um, uh, seniors that can potentially come back that exhausted eligibility in the spring and what is that cost and you got to factor that into your budget and then you know as it relates to name image and likeness um, you know what the NCAA um, comes down with in their 
you know, report at the end of this month, you know, what impact does that have? Do you need, need to hire additional staff and compliance notes? So all those factors will go into to kind of what uh, we're thinking moving forward. Thanks. Rick, Rick Terry Fry from Mile High Sports. Um, you, you just alluded to the name likeness, likeness image revolution coming up. You are deeply involved in the discussions on formulating policy and definitions and boundaries and everything else. Do you, do you feel as if that is this kind of been put on hold or do you feel like you have a, they have a handle on it now as moving forward about the definitions and the, the uh, preventing excesses and those types of things? Yeah, well, we haven't slowed down. Um, you know, we, we think it's important um, that we continue to move forward because we do think this is important work. And, and so, you know, our time frame hasn't changed. Um, we've been meeting a lot. A um, couple meetings today, as a matter of fact, um, virtually, and, um, you know, we'll continue to keep moving this forward and, um, and you know, make our final uh, report uh, to the Board of Governors um, at the end of this month. Uh, Henry Chisholm here from DNVR. Uh, last time we talked, you you hadn't had a chance to speak with Tad Boyle about whether he would get his bonus for uh, appearing in the NCAA tournament. Have you had that conversation since then? Yes, we have. We've, we've had that conversation, and um, we're still having that conversation. Um, Tad and I are... Um, we've had a lot of conversation, not just about that, but about the future and some things that have gone on, you know, in his program. And, um, you know, we'll figure out what that all looks like in the next few days. But, um, you know, there's been a lot of other uh, important work that we've been doing. And as I said before, uh, when I said Tad and I hadn't talked about it, we hadn't. We've talked about it since. And um, we'll let you know when we move forward. Any other questions for Rick? He's got a few more minutes. Rick, this is Brian Howell of the Daily Camera. I was just curious if you guys have a timetable or sort of a deadline for those seniors in the spring to decide when they want to come back to help your coaches and also budget reasons to kind of figure out next year. Yeah, uh, good question, Brian. And, and um, we want to we want to move expeditiously on this. Uh, as challenging as that may be. We know that seniors uh, have to make plans, and that's why you know it was important for us push for the seniors um, in, in part of this moving forward because we wanted to make sure that there was some clarity for them that uh, they could make decisions on their futures, um, having everything on the table. So uh, we'll move fairly quickly in that regard, Brian. Um, you know, I don't want to put a timetable on it. Um, but uh, we need to move quickly because we owe it to our seniors uh, that are making plans for the future. Um, you know, we should, and, and I think that's why the you know part of the reason the NCAA moved this moved up from our scheduled uh, council meeting that we had in April, um, so we could address these issues and, and provide some answers uh, for our student athletes, particularly seniors. Hey, Rick, Jeff Hauser from SB Nation here. Yes. Hey, 
how important is it to keep, uh, let's say that the, that the season, the football season is interrupted by some stretch. How important is it to keep that Texas Tech, or the, not Texas Tech, Texas A&M home and home still on the schedule? Well, I, you know, I, I'm excited about that game being on our schedule. Um, you know, I think it's going to be great for, for both institutions. And, um, you know, it is early in the year. We have two games prior to that. Um, but, you know, we, we, we'd like to have uh, continue to have that on our schedule. I think the home at home is great. It's good for uh, our coaches to have a presence in Texas, um, you know, with football, us going there to play football because we do – uh, have a pretty good uh, reach uh, in Texas, so uh, it's important, um, and, and we know that uh, it'll be a game that will uh, be relative uh, nationally, and uh, and so uh, you know we'll, we'll again as we look at the schedule, um, you know we will you know that, that's obviously important to us, but um, you know playing twelve football games is also important, and, and what will that look like? And, um, uh, with A&M being away this year, um, it, it doesn't have the impact on us uh, that it will in 2021. Rick, we have time. Rick, for one more question. If somebody has one, I've got one here. Rick, sorry again if you if you answered this already as well, but how does does this change? You know, with the, the whole virus and, and the uncertainty. Does it change? Are you guys are thinking at all about Pac-12 media rights moving forward? Is that kind of full steam ahead? Can you give us an update kind of on where those stand in relation to, to current events? Yeah, you know, again, um, I know um, Larry Scott and his team are, are working on, you know, what that looks like in the future. And I know they're, they're having a lot of discussions with uh, our presidents and chancellors uh, within the conference. I, I certainly don't think... Uh, it'll slow down the process that they're working on, and, I, um, and I'm sure those are are fluid as we move forward. And I think the time frames that uh, the commissioner has talked about relative to uh, our, our media rights moving forward, I, I think those are still on track. Sounded like somebody else had one other quick question. Yeah, and then I've, I've got a hard stop at one thirty, so I'm sorry. Was there that other question? Guessing not. All right, Rick, thanks well, for jumping on with yeah, yeah, and I'd like to thank everybody for being on. Please be safe and uh, be well, and um, uh, we'll uh, talk to you again in the next couple of weeks. Thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you, everybody. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. Okay, so that was some good stuff there. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you guys have any questions or thoughts or anything about any of that kind of stuff, uh, as always, leave those in the comment section on the post for today's show at thedmvr.com. So you go to thedmvr.com, um, click on like the podcast tab and then buffs. And then the top one will be like, here's Rick George. Here's what Rick George had to say. That'll be today's show. Click on that. Scroll to the bottom comment section. Leave your question. Leave your thoughts. I will read all of them as always on the next DNVR buffs podcast. Um, shout out to uh, Breckenridge Brewery, Manscaped, um, Bojo's Pizza, and uh, also Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Um, 
And they also have a pretty awesome deal going on right now. Um, so all their orders are curbside or delivery. You can't go back inside anymore, of course. Um, but they have a loyalty program if you download their app. Um, they have the 15-can sampler from Breckenridge there. Um, they'll deliver it to you. So there's a great option, of course. Um, be be on that app because they'll have discounts for you. Their deal of the day, especially right now um, when everybody's trying to sell stuff. They have some awesome deals. So, so log in there. Uh, like I said, you can pick it up. Or they'll deliver. They're in Centennial. They're in Highlands Ranch. Uh, they're locally owned, and they know their stuff. And they'll get you set up with whatever you need to be set up with. So use them as well. Um, we'll be back with another episode here soon. I want to talk about the future of Buffs football. You know, what does this program look like after next year? Um, maybe even beyond that. Um, and we'll get into that soon. We'll also be watching that Miracle at Michigan game. If you guys are draft fans, Broncos fans, also make sure you're paying attention to the draft podcast that Dre and I put together, breaking down all of the prospects. Um, Dre knows all of his stuff and he's teaching me how to know things. So it's a lot of fun. Um, I will see you all, uh, tomorrow, probably. All right. Bye. They like my Colorado swag Cause when I'm in it play I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in it go You know I'm acting bad Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag My Colorado swag My Colorado swag I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag My Colorado swag My Colorado swag Might not swear, I think they like my Colorado swag My Colorado swag is pushing 180 See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with ya, you can get it. Go. You know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my car.
Colorado swag, my 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 Colorado